Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Today, I want to honor, of course, everyone who has served in the past and has, who are currently serving. And uh, probably most of us have somebody in our family somewhere that is serving in some capacity. And I do have uh, some nephews and uh, have had way, way back uh, those who have served and very grateful, grateful, grateful. All right, I want to talk to you about being a spiritual Christian. What is a Christian? I think there are many definitions out there ranging from a person who believes that Jesus existed to a person who holds a set of beliefs that are traditional and they're moral and maybe the teachings of what they might even consider a mythic figure named Jesus. Of course, we believe that Jesus is real, and I say is because he is alive. We just sang about that this morning, amen? He's alive. Death did not keep him. He defeated sin, sickness, and death, and now he's alive. And how do we know? Because he told us so. And there were many witnesses to his life, his teaching, and his resurrection. And we have a book of those witnesses. We believe in what Jesus taught. And we follow the teachings of his apostles who were instructed to write down what God showed them concerning this faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? But this is only the beginning. There is so much more to being a Christian. You heard me say that my new description of a Christian is a Christ follower. I like that a whole lot better. You know, it used to be the term Christian had a lot of meaning in that it meant little Christ. And everyone knew what that was. You were and, uh, and, of course, even in the world today, to say a person is a Christian might even put a target on your head, as we know and read about in the news these days. But to follow Christ is so much more than just believing in him. It is much more than just knowing his word. It is following in his footsteps, which is why I like the word or the term Christ follower. It's following in his footsteps and putting into practice what he taught, even if we do so imperfectly, which of course includes us all. Isn't that right? We do our best, but thank God for the Holy Spirit who's there to help us to will and to do of God's good pleasure. So why spiritual? What's the point? What's the purpose of being spiritual? And that is because that is what the Father is looking for. That's, Jesus said that. He, when, when, when the people started gathering around, he said, look, and this is what he did primarily in his ministry was constantly revealing the Father's heart because they thought they knew the Father. And he says, you don't know the Father. Matter of fact, he told the Pharisees, you worship your father, the devil. Whoa, that almost got him stoned. But he said, you worship your father, the devil. He said, let me tell you how the real Heavenly Father is. He's looking for people who worship him in spirit and in truth, John chapter 4. He said, this is what the Father is looking for. He's looking for worshipers. And that's cool, isn't it? So what we just did this morning pleased the Father's heart. Isn't that neat? To know that when when we sang about his son, that we sang about the work of heaven, that when we sang and we lifted up our hearts and we connected with God, that God was looking down at us today and just saying, I'm pleased. And that's good stuff right there. Pleasing the heart of the Father, pleasing the heart of God, draws 
the blessing of God. And that's a whole other teaching, but let me just tell you, that is, that is a goal for us. So in spirit and in truth, so walking in a spiritual relationship with God is going to lead to truth. And that's what Jesus was saying, is that they're intertwined. And as a matter of fact, I've got a whole teaching on this I've done in the past that, you know, as Christians, there's spirit walk and there's a, there's a truth walk. You really can't have one without the other. Because you can become just wholly spiritual, and without truth, you're going to go into Lulu land. You know what I'm saying? You're going to start walking around, and you're going to get spiritual, but you might just start worshiping and getting connected with the wrong spirits, which is very common. But when you join our heart to be spiritual, as we've been created to be, with truth, then you're really, you're, you're really cooking with gas, as they say, right? Then you really have it going on. Now you're set to be able to be spiritual, but, but founded on the right foundation, strengthened, built, you know, supported by an awesome foundation. Of course, who is Jesus Christ? Because as Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, he just said, would you like to have a drink? Would you like to have a, a drink that sati satiates all the time? And it, it, it fulfills your thirst. And she says, yeah, give me this water. He goes, you're looking at it. So he went from water to a person. And so what he was saying is, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to get spiritual, it begins with who? Jesus. And it begins with a connection, a connection, an intimate relationship with him, which is what we're going to talk about today. But what we have to understand about why spiritual is because that is where God lives. God lives in the spirit realm. And so to connect with him when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we, our spirits come to life. We've talked about that before. And now we're able to actually be spiritual people. That only happens through conversion. That only happens when we come to Jesus Christ and we give our lives to him. There is, there, there is a resurrection, if you will, of our spirit. And now we're able to understand what we're reading. It's, it's a miracle. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the day that I got down on my knees and I said, Jesus, come into my life. I give you my life. I want you to be my savior. It was almost like the, the scales were taken off my eyes and I was able to now see things that I never saw before. Now, they weren't physical things. I mean, I didn't see an, an, an angel standing my, by, by my bed. You know, Jesus didn't appear to me in a physical form, but now I, I, I sensed his presence. I knew he was there. How do I know? I just knew it because that's the way the Spirit is, okay? Now, if you're sitting there right now going, I have no idea what you're talking about, well, I can fix that before we're done today, okay? But that is where God lives. He lives in the Spirit realm. You know, scientists know that other dimensions exist. Did you know that? Man, I just, I, I constantly keep up. I read another article just Saturday, and I just said, God, you, you, are, you are really on this, because you were talking about the, the quantum physics, physics, that they know that there are other dimensions. They know that they exist because there is a the, there there little bit of evidence that shows up and they're going, there's something else there. But they, they don't know what it is. And they do not know how to access these other dimensions. Of course, they, call, they say there are other dimensions. We know there's at least one where God lives where his son is sitting at the right hand of the father, that's a dimension. We can't see it, we can't prove it, but God said it's there, and scientists are saying, 
Yeah, it's there. But they can't prove it using the regular scientific methods, and it's driving them nuts. Well, they never will. Nope. That's right, Wanda. The only way they'll ever be able to have a greater sense and, and one day experience it is by giving their lives to Jesus Christ, by becoming spiritually discerned. In other words, to awaken this ability to understand things in the Spirit. That only comes, only comes through Jesus Christ. Him, the truth. He, the truth. No doubt. So when it comes to that spirit realm, you look no further than the Bible. So why spirituality? Because that is who we were made to be. We were made to be spiritual persons relating to God in a spiritual dimension. So I will refer to the series I just did in the book of Genesis, the first four chapters. It was the heart of God. It was the purpose of God. It was the will of God for Adam and Eve and for all of their descendants to understand him, to know him, to recognize him, to relate to him on a spiritual plane all the time. But when they fell, that began to die and eventually did completely die. But then Jesus came to make that something of a reality for us. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. Does that not just explain what happens every, every day in our lives and what we see happening around us? But he considers those things foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So the Bible makes that very clear to us, that if you do not have the Spirit of God to enable your spirit to relate to God, then you're going to think all these things are foolish. Now, if that's where you are right now, well, that, that's the reason. I mean, if you're sitting there going, man, what is he, what is he talking about? Well, that's the reason. And, and I, I'm sorry if it seems like God played a little trick on us, and I guess, no, we really played a trick on ourselves. Because if we don't have an ability to discern, it's because we're dead. <laughs> Our spirit is dead. But it can be made alive. So when you see people calling the things of God, the things that we treasure, the experiences that we have, and they call it foolishness, they're not spiritually discerned because they're not alive. They're not, they don't have the vision. They don't have the, the ability to see in the Spirit because they have not given their lives to Christ. See, that is why the Father sent the Holy Spirit, to help us make the connection, to give us understanding and to give us wisdom. Go back to that verse. It says they cannot understand the things of God because they are discerned. These things are only discerned by the Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you more of this in a, in a minute. But see, we, can, we can't understand God without a spiritual helper, the Spirit of God. And Jesus told his disciples that. He said, don't leave. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, you'll understand all things. Boom. It's very much like Helen Keller. You know the story of Helen Keller? We all know that. So it's, it's a very inspira inspirational story. It's powerful. But it's very much like Helen Keller, who could not talk, who could not hear, and she could not see. She had no sensory perception except touch. But with the help of Ann Sullivan, right, she was able to connect with the world she could only feel. Anne is like the Holy Spirit. 
here to help us communicate with God and build an awareness an awareness of as well as an interaction within the spirit world around us. So as the story goes, and uh, Helen Keller as a child is absolutely an animal. I, I mean, she's an animal because all she can do is touch things and she has no ability to discern what it is she's touching. She doesn't know what's going on in the world around her. She can't see, she can't hear, she can't communicate. Then there is the story, if you haven't read it, you haven't seen the movie or the movies, you need to check it out. It's very powerful, very inspirational. And, and Anne, who's been called to do this, is, is, is struggling with this girl and is looking for the opportunity to break through. And she has that salvation moment, if you will, where she goes to the well. My mom was, it was in drama. You know, who, who, who'd have figured that? But anyway, my mom was a diva and was involved in plays and doing things like that. Anyway, I remember as a little kid see, seeing her play Anne Sullivan in what they call the miracle worker is the, is the name of the play, right? And so she, she drags Helen out there and she takes her to the well and she begins to pump the water and she touches it and she begins to show her with sign language in her hand. She begins to break through that this is what water is. And then all of a sudden, it was like she had this salvation moment. She had this breakthrough where she was able to, her brain was able to now communicate. There was, but she couldn't have done it without Anne because Anne was a helper. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is called, a helper. Help us communicate. The Holy Spirit has been sent because, look, we're just like Helen Keller walking around without Christ. It's so true, man. All we can do is relate to the physical world that's around us, but we can't see in the Spirit. We can't hear in the Spirit. We can't even talk in the Spirit. We are dead to these things until the Holy Spirit comes and begins to give us eyesight to see in the Spirit, to be able to speak in the Spirit, to be able to pray and know that God is hearing us and to hear His voice in our inner spirit. Isn't that cool? I mean, that is such a God illustration. It's so, it's so right, man, because that is exactly what has taken place. He takes us out, He drags us out to the well, and He, and he gets us to connect. And now we're able to relate to the spirit realm that we can't really see, that we can't really, we can't, we don't know how to connect to it. But Anne stayed with Helen Keller all of her life to her last breath to help her make those connections. So why spiritual? Because that's what we're made to be. Secondly, what is being spiritual? Being spiritual is being aware of the spirit realm where God lives. We've established that. It's being aware. It's an awareness that goes beyond just the head, okay? It's hard to really describe, but it does, it is in the Spirit. It's an awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence wherever we may be, always knowing He's there, always knowing He's ready to make that connection with us. You know, Robert Morris wrote a book called The God I Never Knew. It's a part of his story that when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, when he received an understanding that God, and Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift my father promised you. And you see the church going from first gear to fifth gear when the Holy Spirit comes. The church going from, man, just holding up 160 or 120 of them up in an upper room, just holding on for dear life to going out and changing the world. Holy Spirit. 
from being able to just say, man, I sure hope Jesus comes again to, you know what? That doesn't matter. He'll come when he comes. We got to get busy with what he told us to do. Huge difference. Huge difference. To, you know, uh, Peter and John, right? Peter denied Jesus Christ three times. What a wimp. John, I mean, he was a mess. He just was the love child. All he wanted to do was hang out with Jesus with his head on his, on his chest. And now he's gone, and so you can see both of them are a mess until the Holy Spirit comes. Then the Holy Spirit comes, and guess what they're doing now? They're walking into the temple to pray one day, and there's a, there's a blind, I'm sorry, there's a man who can't walk sitting in, and all he's doing is alms for, for the poor. They stop and said, silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. A miracle happens. He's jumping around, running around the temple. How did that happen? They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They had an awareness that was beyond just, they were, they were the Helen Keller before. Now they're interacting in a whole new way with a confidence. So being spiritual is being able to respond and to interact with the spirit realm in a way that is life-giving. In other words, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be something cool that comes from it. It's going to bless you, and it's going to bless everyone around you because that's what happens when we enter into this realm in the name of Jesus. That's what God does. That's what Jesus did. And that's what we will do as well. So how can I become a spiritual Christian? You know, first of all, you've got to ask Christ to be your Savior, right? You have to ask Him. If you grew up in the church, as many young people do, I mean, children, they grow up in, in, in a Christian home. Parents make the, the assumption that their children have come to a saving faith. People would tell me that all the time when I'd ask them that question. What happens if you die and, and you stood before Jesus and, and there you were and, and, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus was standing there and said, well, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? It's kind of critical what you say here. And Jesus said, why should I let you in my heaven? And if you go to works, if you say, I grew up in the church, pastor and I were friends, I used to run the cafe ministry. That's got to count for something. I, was a I worked in the nursery all 30 years of in the church. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you lose. Because it doesn't work that way. If Jesus asks you, why should I let you in heaven? Heaven, the only words ought to come out of your mind and say, because you died for me. Because you died on the cross for my sins. I absolutely don't deserve to be here. But you made me deserving through the work that you did. I accepted you into my heart, and I recognize you, and I know who you are, and I know you know me. Because we used to talk all the time, Jesus. Come on in. But so many people rely upon tradition, rely upon the religion that they don't really have what I would call a spiritual relationship with God, and it's very childlike, it's very simple. And it all starts right there, is by asking personally, not relying upon anything other than your own simple childlike faith, faith to say, Jesus, would you come into my heart and be my Savior? Not my parents' Savior, not, you know, the church's Savior, but mine, mine personally. Secondly, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill your mind with the deep truths of God. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. What no eye has seen, 
what no ear has heard. Follow the senses here now. What no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his what? Spirit. Yeah. You only get them that way. In other words, there are things that we can't see that we will be able to see because of the Spirit of God. There are things that we can't hear, but we will hear because of the Spirit of God. There are things that we will never completely understand, but we can conceive of, at least to some degree, by the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit's job, is to bring these things to life. So we've got to ask him. We could be really missing so much when we think in terms of what no man has ever saw. I mean, talk about the final frontier. Talk about, I mean, I'm kind of a Trekkie fan. I love that stuff. But really, the final frontier is the spirit realm. It's not space running around trying to find aliens. There are some aliens. They're called angels and demons, by the way. Uh, And there is a spirit realm. So we could be missing so much, but if we ask, so what are some of the other things? Revelation, when we talk about what more we could gain, is, is revelation as to where our place is in this grand scheme. People spend millions, if not billions of dollars, trying to figure out their purpose. And we can have it in an instant, or at least over, you know, growing or be on the road to figuring that out by just asking the Holy Spirit to come and show us what is my place in this grand scheme called the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit's here to show us the supernatural intervention in your life, your daily life, and peace that goes beyond human peace, a joy that goes beyond human joy, and be able to fight off the attacks that so easily sway us and take most human beings like a wave of the sea. just washes us away. We've all been there. We all know this. We've all experienced it. But what I'm, I guess I'm trying to throw at us, all of us today, is to say, look, we don't need to go any farther than to step into the spirit realm by, with the help of the Holy Spirit to bring us into those things that our eyes haven't seen, to bring us into those things that our ears haven't heard, those wonderful things that God has prepared for those who trust in God, trust in Christ. Many, many more things, folks. If you're experiencing depression, the good news is you don't have to stay there. If you're experiencing a sense of loss, or you don't, I mean, you're confused, or you just look at life and you, and you just like, you have no connection to it. You, you, you feel like, man, I've done all this and I can't break through. The Holy Spirit is ready to bring us up to speed. He's ready to take us to the well and to help us and to renew our ability to understand where we are. See, like, well, let me read this first. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So he's going to fill our mind with God's word. And that's how we get there, by the way. How to be spiritual? Get myself back on track here. How, how to become spiritual? You must ask Christ as your Savior. You have, have, to, have to ask the Holy Spirit to come to your life. And then thirdly, you've got to fill your mind with God's word. You've got to renew your mind to become a spiritual mind. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 tells us this. Tells us this. He said, it, your spiritual duty is not just to go, th- go and just do spiritual things all the time or, or just go through the motions. He said, you need to have the mind of Christ. And he says, 
you need to sacrifice that. You need to put on Christ. You need to enter into that spirit realm by thinking about kingdom things. You know, it doesn't take long for us as a believer to sit down, start reading our Bible, start praying, start connecting, that when all of a sudden we start entering into that, we start seeing things, revelation starts to come. And it's so it's so ours to have. And that, I guess that's what I'm dangling in front of you. If this is your experience, hallelujah, you know what I'm talking about. But if, man, if you've never experienced that before, where you're sitting there and all of a sudden you get that sense of, wow, I see what you're up to, God. This situation here in my life doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know what? I don't need to know because I know you got it firmly in hand. Yep. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Check this out. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. See, the word understand um, is so, uh, it's, it's not enough. It really isn't enough. The Bible, the, real, the best Bible word is revelation, and revelation is so huge. Revelation means it's that aha moment, but it's more than just knowing. It's knowing. It's seeing, it's, it's getting it. And, and when you get it, it was like, I, rem- I, I, I never forget when I finally got geometry. When, when, where was I? I think I was in my sophomore year. Is that when you take it? Something like that. Anyway, I had been doing geometry and, all, and I was good. I was good at math. But man, I got stuck in my brain. Proofs and theorems. I was like, what? I mean, what happened to one plus one equals two? Right? And all of a sudden, these theorems and proofs start coming up like, okay, I'm not, I'm not. So I sat down with a friend, and all of a sudden, it was just like, boom, I got it. I got it. And, it was, and, then, and then I got an A. Matter of fact, my final proof that I, that I did for my exam was actually different than what the, the teacher had done. And he was like, hmm, well, that's good. How'd you do that? I was like, I don't know. So I was pretty good at math. But I tell you what, it's that, boom, I get it. It's like your life clicks in, and now you're able to relate, and everything else makes sense. And you are, you're able to make decisions. You're able to go forward. Like I was able to go in that class, I was able to relate to the information that was coming to me. I was able to relate and do well and see, you know what? Many of us are like in a class that we just don't get. And we just keep showing up every day because we're supposed to. But the revelation that comes by the Holy Spirit is when you get it and you walk in and you're actually excited about being in class. I know that doesn't come to many of us, but from time to time it does, right? At least basket weaving 101, okay? At least we could have gotten that one. I mean, do they still do home ec? I actually enjoyed home ec. Yeah, I mean, that was cool. Making aprons and all that. I mean, that, that, uh, the sewing machine. Man, you had that pedal. Oh, man, that was a lot of power there. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) they don't do that anymore, do they? Oh, well. So, got to get it. That's what's called revelation. That when it says that we might understand what God has freely given. God's not holding out on you and my friends. He's not holding anything back from you. He wants you to understand. He's ready to freely give you understanding so that you go, whoa, man, my, my, my life makes sense. I now understand why I'm doing what I'm doing or that why what I'm doing is not fitting into the plan. 
Because there's going to come those times too when the Holy Spirit says, hey, let's get on with this. I, I love it. God, let's go. And he goes, except we need to deal with this area. That is holding you up. What? Yeah. You're far too fearful. You've got to get rid of that stuff. You're angry. You're bitter. It's going to hold you up. You can't, get, you can't hold on to that. Just like Helen Keller. She had all that anger. She could not move. You know, Helen Keller went on to be, she spoke to presidents. She did public speech. I mean, she did, she, <laughs> she was brilliant. And she could do speeches. And she could speak intelligibly. I mean, it was a miracle because she got her place, because she understood there were no limitations. And when it comes to sins in our life, I don't care what you've experienced, what you have not experienced, the Holy Spirit is ready to unlock all those wonderful, powerful, essential things in your life to get you really moving, to have joy and peace and and a sense of accomplishment. So moving on with how do we get there, we got to talk to God regularly. You've got to exercise. Helen Keller, she had to learn how to speak a different language. She had to learn sign language. You know what? Generally, sign language is just for people that see. She had to to do it in her hand. She had to understand it with her hand. Talk about tactile abilities, right? Must have been just off the chart. Folks, that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do to us when we hold our hand out every morning to say, Lord, communicate to me. It's not going to come through the normal channel. If, you, if you're carnal, if you're fleshly, you're not going to get it. If what you, all you do is relate to CNN and television, you're not going to get it. If you are going to just only connect on the physical carnal world, you will not connect it. You will be like a blind, dumb, mute human being running into stuff every single day trying to figure out this life. But man, you hold out your hand to the Holy Spirit in the morning and say, please help me understand the world that I live in that is absolutely more real than the physical one in the chair that you're sitting in right now. Because this world is going to pass away, my friends, and the real world is coming, and it exists. It's there. You got scientists out there saying it's, it's there, although they don't have a clue. It's amazing that you can see those things just using intellect. Just running into it. Yeah, they come back and say, hey, there's a well out there. Don't know what it is. As a matter of fact, they wouldn't even call the well. They run into it and say, there's something metal sitting in the yard. I know it's there. We know it's a well. We know what's in it. We know what we can get from it. Talk to God regularly. That helps to get you it gets you into the spirit realm it helps to exercise your muscles it helps you to understand the words of god in the context of your own life and all of a sudden i mean i just love doing that to just either whether going on a walk or or just sitting down in a chair in the morning or at night and just open my spirit up and just say lord what's going on or to, or to when i'm praying for someone and, and just open my spirit up that's how i prepare these messages i say lord what i just sit there at my desk and i say lord what do you want to speak to your people today Boom, it comes. And he just says, David, this is, this is, where, this is where I'd like you to touch on. This is, and I just open up my computer and just start writing. And he's leading me every step of the way. And I also know when I start to get into my, when it becomes just me. Because it, it's not good. I look at it and just say, well, that doesn't make any sense. 
And the Holy Spirit says, because it's you, David. Oh, okay, I guess better go back. So when you talk to God, you exercise your spirit. You develop it. It's like lifting that weight. You develop that muscle. You learn a new language outside the realm you're used to, and it gets easier and easier. Ms. Keller eventually gave speeches, wrote books, and met with presidents, all with her ability to learn a new language. That's an inspiration, and it's a wonderful illustration when we think about what can we do when we really begin to communicate and relate to the spirit realm. It's time to do. It's time to, to, you know, to take time to develop our spirits and be doing spiritual things. You know, that's why worship is so awesome. Worship allows us to engage our spirit. So I just want to encourage you, don't just stand there. You know, sometimes I, I watch, I peek, I'm sorry. But I do it. I'll be there in the back and I'm just watching people. And, you know, and I'm used to that. You know, I was in the military, not in the military, but I was with military guys for many, many years, and Jamie knows this, that, I mean, the guys would walk in and they'd be just like, locked down while the music's going on. And I just want to walk up and whisper in their ears, at ease, troop. At ease, man. Come, worship. And it was, it was so fun to watch these guys that were door kickers. I mean, Jamie was one of them, really, 82nd Airborne, snake-eating dude, that when he got worship, he acted like a little kid. You know, just, ah. <laughs> Tears coming down their eyes. And then when done, when done with that, they go back to their day job, which was killing people and jumping from airplanes. But anyway, we won't get into all that. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. But that's what they do. When we're talking about Veterans Day, they're not out there playing patty cake, all right? Shooting guns and blowing stuff up. Anyway, worship. Let's get back to that. Don't just stand there. Reach out. Let the moment and the words engage you into an intimate connection with God. That's what worship is awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's setting a party for you, man. It's setting the table. The, the team works so hard. Andrea works with that team every week, every week faithfully for hours to prepare the table for us. And then we come in, they strike up that, that, that band, and, and they do what they do. They, they choose the songs knowing that they're the kind of songs that we're going to usher us in, full of wonderful theology, get our head right, you know, to get truth inside us. And then music is just an awesome uh, communication device to get us into the spirit very quickly. It's awesome. It really, really is awesome. And so if you're not taking advantage of that, I just want to just, and, and don't tell me, well, you know, I'm just, you know, it's just not my personality. I'm, you know, I just, I like to do the things, you know, in my own way. And I just say, you know what, when you get to heaven, you're going to be a blubbering idiot. Why wait till then to really connect? I mean, to me, the, you know where the man's man in the Bible is? To me? Guys, listen up. The man's man in the Bible is David. Why? Because he was a worshiping rascal, but he also could kick butt and take names. I love that about him. Love that about David. Warrior. Come on, was there any better warrior than David? Killed, it says David killed his tens of thousands. Saul his thousands, David his tens, and really got Saul angry. But what I'm saying is, man, <laughs> David was awesome. But what he was well known for, when he died, God said, David. What a mess he was, but man, he was a man after my own heart. That's a man's man. A guy who can go out, do what he did. He could hunt. He could, he, could, he could be in war. He could lead men into battle. But he could come back and say, 
Hey, so, and, he, and he played an instrument. Oh, there you go. He could play an instrument. So I'm not just saying every, if you're, you know, if you're not playing an instrument, you know, you're not a man's man, but I'm just saying, guys, you can do this. You can take that moment and enter in. You know, try that from time to time. You know, let that little hand sneak up. Lord, I worship you. And just say it. Say it with your mouth. Lord, I worship you. I thank you that you died on the cross for my. Begin to speak the spiritual language and watch your spirit come to life. And I love watching that happen in a person, man, woman, and child. When they finally get that, their eyes change, their life changes. There's a joy, there's a freedom. It's good. Hebrews 12, 14. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. He said, brothers and sisters, look. He says, don't shy away. Don't let sin get in your way. There is a, there is a frontier. There is an opportunity. There is something that comes through the door of spirituality that, that, that is so real and life-giving. We're all about that here at Valley. That, that is my heart as a pastor here, is to lead us into a spiritual, life-giving relationship. I don't want the other stuff. Now, if we do other stuff, we do everything to make it easier for people to get to that place. To get to that place. To be able to hear the voice of God. To see him in the spirit. To, to, to be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. So finally, when, it talks, when we talk about prayer, when we talk about really doing something, because I don't know, I, I'm that very way. I mean, so like, you know, Pastor David, don't just tell me all these, these spiritual platitudes. I mean, tell me, what do I got to do? Worship. Worship. Secondly, pray. Open your mouth. Use your language. Speak to God. Bring your requests to God. If, if, if you've got to start where, I mean, every, we can all start there, right? Because we've all got plenty of needs. And God says, bring them to me. Bring them to me. So go ahead and bring. In time, you'll find yourself lifting up others' needs as well, if not more. And then have faith for others' lives. And, and that's what I was saying. But pray for them. Listen for, listen for them. Share with them. That makes you a spiritual person, by the way. That helps you become a spiritual person. Which, by the way, as a father or mother and you have children, you have a daily opportunity to become a spiritual person for them. For them. I have to listen to God for them. Sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Dad, what is God saying? Dad, what is God saying? What is that? Say, hang on, man. I'm trying to figure out my own life. Yeah, let's go to the Lord. Let's find out. Of course, my goal is to teach them all to hear from God on their own, right? And that's the goal. And then finally, share your faith with boldness. Evangelism, in my opinion, is one of the most powerful spiritual things you can do. Because it assumes all the rest. Right? You can't give something unless you believe in it. And so to tell someone about Jesus, it has to come. Which is why I believe that so little evangelism is happening. It's kind of an indicator, isn't it? 
The more we fall in love with the Lord, the more we connect with our God in the spirit realm, the more we're going to want to do what? Tell everybody else about it. Because I want you in my world. I'm walking around just having a great town, great time at the bouncy house in Jesus. Right? You're outside, man. You know, scraping in the dirt. It's like, and you, you know, your, your face is pressed up against the glass. Come on, in, man, it's a blast. We're having a good time in here. And so after a while, you just get tired of it, and you go out to them and just say, hey, look, come on with me. We're having a blast. Because we're discovering the things that no man can discover. We're hearing the things that no man could ever hear. We're seeing the things that no other man could ever see. But because of the Holy Spirit, we can. Isn't that good? Amen. Let's stand up this morning. Now, I promised you that if none of this makes sense, you get a chance to, for it all start, to start making sense right now. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You know, I said, if you stood before God, if you died tonight and you were standing there before God and he looked at you and said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? If your answer was based on anything that you have done, if you in any way, shape, or form have tried to justify yourself based on anything that, 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 that is, is earthly, then I've got some really good news for you. I'm getting ready to share with you the truth. So with no one looking around, the truth is this, that you cannot get to heaven without a complete surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And to understand that you could, you, there's no way you could ever earn your place to go to heaven. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. There's nothing that we could ever do to earn that place. Jesus earned it for you. He died on the cross. He took your punishment for your sins. God laid it upon him. He took the sins of the world. He placed inside us his righteousness where we had none. So when we stand before him, all we can say is, Lord, I don't belong here. But Jesus, you made it possible for me to belong. You made me the righteousness of God in Christ. So if you're here today and you're not for certain, and you've never asked Christ into your life before, and I say never because if you have, then you know what? You just need to grow. You just need to go out to the well, and we'll get to that in a minute. But if, you've, if you're in this room today and you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart and you want me to pray for you, would you raise your hand up? Let's make that real clear. Raise your hand up if you want to ask Christ into your life for the first time. Anyone at all? Okay. It looks like we're all believers here. Now, Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, there are many different levels of understanding here today. We're all at a different part of the journey. But the truth is, God, we all need to go out to the well. We need to go out there. Because, Lord, what we think we know, we don't fully know. Lord, what we think we've seen, we haven't fully seen. Lord, we've got to go. We've got to grow. And it won't be fully, Lord, revealed until we get to heaven but, Lord, we need to be on that journey now. And there are some in this room that, 
man, your, your spirit is just flickering. <laughs> it's just flickering like a bulb that's getting ready to burn out. And God's ready to supercharge you and give you a, the ability that, your, that the light of your heart, the, the understanding of the things of God are getting ready to just download into you quickly, but you got to want it. So I'm going to ask all across this room right now, and this is between you and God, no one looking around, but if you're ready to go to the well and you want to learn more, you want to grow in becoming a spiritual person, a spiritual believer, would you raise your hand up nice and high? Again, it's just between you and God. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to do anything. It's just Because you know what? I'm raising my hand. It's all across this room. I want to grow, Lord. Lord, bring me to your well. It's right now, right where you are. Just say, Lord, bring me to your well. Teach me. Show me. Give me a new language. Give me new understanding. Open up channels of my mind to see as you see. To hear as you hear. To have a new discovery of the spirit realm, Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Lord, as a result, God, for... All of us, God, who are just right now raising our hand up, Lord, pour into us, God, a fresh hunger. Lord, just all this coming week, Lord, we would just like, wow. We would live in the wow. The revelation of God, making sense of the battles we're fighting, making sense of our place in this world, making sense of what we should be focusing on. And we thank you for that today. We thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.